If you like Rogan and Rodney, be sure to check out Petros and Money. Hear them live weekdays at 3 on AM 570 LA Sports or podcast their show on the iHeartRadio app by searching Petros and Money. AM 570 an LA Sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Pete. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney, Rodney Keith. It's available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. And we continue on. Fred Rogan and Rodney Pete on AM570 LA Sports. Just two hours for us today. And coming up at the bottom of the hour, as he does each and every Friday, our good friend Rob Parker will be here, Rodney. Rob Parker. Rob Parker. <laughs> oh, Rob Parker. Rob Parker liked the Clippers. Yeah, he may get from his the wish. beginning. Yeah, he may get his wish. Absolutely. So he'll be on uh, at the bottom of the hour. But now, we need spirituality. We need to wrap this weekend up properly. And we need to prepare for what may be ahead of us. And to do that, there is only one man to provide that guidance. That is Victor Brick. With the Daily Haiku at 2, which today is at 1. Uh, I have to. Oh, no. At 110. And Vic. Pull up those pants. Be a man. And good afternoon. Well, good afternoon, Fred. Hello, Vic. Good job, Fred. Way to let it marinate a little bit. Even though you said that haiku at one instead of it's just leave it at a haiku at two. It's just a it's a brand name. It's a title. Leave it haiku at two. That's total clarity from you, Rodney. Yes. BTP. I'm not doing okay. it. I'm not doing it. I have to be specific. If it's at two, I don't give a specific time. But if it's not at two, I always like to clarify that it's normally at two. And today it's at a different time. I, I think the people appreciate that, Rodney. No, they don't. <laughs> yes, they do. No, they do. don't. No, they don't. I honestly don't think they care, to be honest with you, Fred. Yeah. Well, you don't the talk to as name. many people as I do. You're, oh, you're diluting the brand of the haiku at two. You're diluting it when you add extra onto it. What? Haiku at two. And then today it's at 154. Haiku at two. Today it's at 1230. No, we don't need all that. It's the haiku at two. Keep it simple, exactly, Rodney. And a happy Juneteenth weekend to everybody. Our newest holiday. Happy, happy Juneteenth. Happy Juneteenth. I believe the federal workers get off today. I believe it. it I think Biden signed it in, and it's, it's on to either today. Starts I know next year. Big, big, officially tomorrow, big, big, big. Starts next year. I think it's on, Fred. No, it starts next year, Vic. <laughs> it starts next year. <laughs> really? I'm celebrating now. Well, you can celebrate. They've been celebrating for 100 years, Vic. That's great. <laughs> I'm glad we can celebrate, but it's not an official federal holiday until 2022. <laughs> Is that right? Yes. <laughs> Why the delay? You'd have that to ask. It's time to implement stuff, Vic. Yeah. Doesn't happen overnight. Who knew?
He's the executive producer of the Rogan and Rodney Show. Please put your, get, your hands together and show the love. The Kevin figures. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the ones and the twos, the threes and the fours, every musical segment, every bumper, every audio delight that you hear comes from the mind of the musical maestro, Ronnie Fascio. I'm feeling you, VTB. Ah. I should be, ah. Before we get to the haiku today, it's from a haiku artist that everyone knows. But I wanted to get to Oscar De La Hoya's next fight. He's coming out of retirement, coming out of uh, his amazing boxing promotion, Golden Boy. And he's fighting on September the 18th, Vitor Belfort, the former UFC champ, in Vegas somewhere. Really? September the 18th. They'll be using uh, gloves, boxing only. Wow. I love Oscar in this fight. How old is Oscar now? 48. Yeah. Vitor is 44. I remember watching the Belfort fight, you know, before even this whole UFC revolution took over at the Forum. It was 96. I remember going in, it was so raw. This was way before it hit. And I saw Vitor Belfort fight. Yeah. At the fabulous forum. He can fight. Oh, he can fight, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oscar's back. He couldn't couldn't get the match with Dana White, so he's going to go to Vitor. Interesting. I like it. And boxing only, right? Not not any of this crazy stuff. No, box, Solamente boxing. Yeah. yeah, I still don't want any part of that MMA. No. So that's exciting news. Very. And even more exciting is the author of this haiku. Oh, yeah. He is a legendary writer. He, king of the beats. Started the revolution, started the lifestyle revolution, started the cultural revolution. Ooh. Jack Kerouac. Ooh. Jack what? Kerouac. He's the start of what? A cultural revolution. He wrote the most one of the most famous novels ever on the road about you know traipsing through America back in the fifties on boxcars and you know, meeting people and you know engaging and mm. basically started the the beats the beat revolution. Kerouac learned the haiku from Gary Snyder back in 1958. He learned from Gary Snyder? Gary Snyder up in San Francisco, 58, before Snyder moved to Japan. Snyder taught him the art of the haiku. Apparently Kerouac uh, had an album called Blues and Haikus. Oh, That's good research, K-Figure, exactly right. Blues and Haiku. Who knew? Well, here's one from Kerouac for you. Kerouac. Kerouac. Yes, Kerouac. Kerouac or whack? Kerouac. 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 Excellent football player, by the way, at Columbia. Is that right? Yes. Multi-skilled dude. You know, all-American dude. Mm. uh, He drank too much. That was his problem. He had a big problem with alcohol. Oh, no. Is he alive? 
No, Jack passed in 1969. Oh, okay. He died at 57. Mm. Hey. Yeah. One of the greatest cultural icons of our time and space, Jack Kerouac. Kerouac. Here's Jack's haiku, because he loved baseball. Yeah. Haiku for you on this Friday, June the 18th. Empty baseball field, a robin hops along the bench. Feeling you! Kerouac. Give that dog a bone, this old man came rolling home. Knickknack paddywhack. Oh, Fred, like don't, don't demean the haiku. Okay. Uh, don't empty demean baseball it. field, a robin. A robin did what now? Jumped on the bench? Hops along the bench. beautiful empty yeah. baseball field right and there's a robin there's this lone bird mm. hopping along the bench okay feeling you yeah we got it Vic. do you yeah. think that kerouac uh, right do you think that kerouac actually saw that or he just created that because i doubt he saw I, that. I think he was a witness eyewitness he was an eyewitness fred i don't know i've never seen a robin hopping along a bench have you looked? Well, not really. I mean, it's not like I've exactly. driven to every baseball field here in Southern <laughs> exactly. California. Exactly. That's not your focus, Fred. When you, go, when you go to Dodger Stadium or the Big A, uh, I don't believe that's your, your focus. It's looking at the bench and looking for a bird. Okay, but if I went to Dodger Stadium or the Big A and there's a game going on, I don't think I'm going to see a bird hopping along the bench. That's my only point. Not a bird, Fred. A robin. A robin. A robin. Why not, Fred? Well, why, why are you limiting the possibilities? Vic, you ever seen a robin hopping along the bench? I've seen, I've seen uh, animals on the, on the bench, yes. What animals have you seen on the bench? Jose Uribe. Who wrote that? Hello, everybody. <laughs> Two shows tonight at the Hilton. It's lit. Stories lighting up the sports headlines. This weekend, if you find yourself in trouble, you need the best in the business. The best in the business is Jacob M. Ryan. <laughs> Give him a call at 844-24-JACOB. I'm sure Vic is excited about this. We have our first entrant into the home run derby coming up this year at Coors Field. And it is the Angels' own Shohei Otani who broke the news on his yeah. Instagram page earlier this afternoon. Yeah. Third in all of Major League Baseball with 19 home runs this year, and he hits moonshots. So it'll be very exciting to see what Otani can do in the thin air at Coors Field there, Fred. I'm liking it. I think it'll be fun, and I'm glad he's doing it. You know, he deserves to be on a big stage, given what he does and the kind of player he is. And with all due respect, he, he's you know kind of lost down in Anaheim. Uh, but nationally, people deserve to see him, and if he's in it, They'll be talking about his pitching as well as his hitting. I think it's great. Very smart for him. Very excited for him. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. Good for him. As you mentioned, Fred, kind of kind of gets lost a little bit playing for the Angels. But on a, on a big-time stage like this, for let people see how really, truly gifted he really is, I think it's great. And I think, uh, you know, his ability to go off in a, uh, in a in a home run derby like this would be fantastic for him, his brand, uh, for everybody involved. This is great. 
You guys remember I projected before the season started that Otani San was going to have an amazing year, and he is. You predict that His home runs year. aren't just, you know, 380-foot home runs. They're freaking rockets. If you if you see it, that swing and that arc and the miles per hour and all the, you know, sabermetrics of a baseball as it leaves the park, uh, he's going nuts. I mean, he's not just setting records every time he takes the field with the, with the hit, with the pitching, you know, six more innings yesterday of shutout ball against the Tigers, uh, which was tremendous. He was uh, sensational on the hill. He, I think he got the win last night, you know, stopping an angel losing streak. But his home runs are classic. They're like instant classics. So for him to go to the home run derby, I believe, is sensational. And Otani said, what, he has 19 homers. He has 47 RBIs. He's having just a monster season, a historic season, a season for the ages. A gambate, Otani San. A gambate. Yeah, you got that. Go friend? forward, be bold. Go forward and be bold. Gambate. Gambate. Go forward and be bold. That's what I'm talking about, Dave. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some would say Cristiano Ronaldo made a bold move when he moved two Coca-Cola bottles off the table uh, during a post-game press conference at the Euro 2020 earlier this week. We talked about this on the show a little bit. And then Paul Pogba followed that up the next day. There's a bottle of Heineken sitting next to him, and he picked that up and moved <laughs> it off the table as well. So, of course, the officials at Euro 2020 are not happy, and they are now officially warning players they will face fines or other disciplinary actions if they continue to move bottles or other sponsorship materials around uh, and basically take them out of frame uh, for the camera. What those other punishments outside of fines are, I'm not sure, Fred, but uh, they have been put on notice. Don't mess with our sponsors. Yeah, we talked about it yesterday, right? That's the only reason the sponsors pay. To have those those items, that product placement, in the shots, uh, I get it. Don't touch it, or we'll fine you. Because if they keep moving that stuff out of the way, Kevin, those sponsors aren't going to pay. Yep. The tournaments aren't going to make their money, and it's not going to be good for anybody. So yeah, I get it. Just sit there and answer the questions. Don't touch anything. Rodney, there, keep your hands off. Sit there and shut up and answer the questions. Don't right? touch anything. Yeah, they got to figure it out. It's bad because it, once he, once Ronaldo did it, you know, you knew it was going to be other people going to do stuff like that. But they got to come up with a better way. If you're, um, you know, thinking about your brand, your kids, or whatever, and they see you doing a, a uh, interview in front of Heineken bottles, and maybe you move it. And that's part of your beliefs. I think that they could do better in terms of placement as opposed to putting actual bottles in front of guys uh so i i you know i, I think it's a, a dialogue they need to have and then because if it becomes confrontational fred it's going to get it's not going to be bad for the it's going to be bad for the tournament not necessarily the players yeah the players may get fine but then all of a sudden you're going to see players do other stuff you know instead of ronaldo moving the uh moving the uh coke bottles he's going to come out with a pepsi shirt or a pepsi hat and then after that'll be a big deal. And they have to say, no, you can't wear anything. So I, I just, they need that. They need to do a better job. Leave it in the in the backdrop. Put it somewhere else. Put a big bottle that you can pan, that you can see ongoing. But putting it there in front of the guy, I get it. I get it. Guys, certain guys are loyal to their own brand. So I, I'm, you know, I'm not mad at them. Well, it's so petty. 
is to start moving bottles around at a press conference on the on the dais. You got a giant banner. You know, put your Heineken up there. Yeah. You don't need actual physical bottles in front of a player to get your message across. You got a giant banner. Yes. Just splash Heineken there or Coca Cola there. You don't need the the, act, the actual bottle in front of the player. But again, if the player, you know, must respect the fact that they're getting paid multi millions of dollars because of the commercial support. So play along, guys and gals. Play along with the game and let the sponsors. You know, eliminate the actual physical bottles and just you know plaster it on the banner. It's no big deal. This is not brain surgery. And that's what's lining up the headlines. Kevin's been great. All right, he had him from the very beginning, and tonight they can take another step. Rob Parker joins us next. We'll see if he's bragging about the Clippers. <laughs> Bringing you LA's best sports talk weekdays, noon to three. Rogan and Rodney. Oh, yeah. You know what this is, Freddie. You know who's coming. Oh, I know. You know who's coming. I know exactly who's Let's coming. Let's do it. Here he comes for his Friday visit. The man that liked the Clippers all along, Rob Parker. Rob, thanks for jumping on. Always a pleasure. You know it. Every week with you guys. Love it. All right, Rob. So tonight, is it do or die for the Clippers? Of course, if they lose, there's a Game 7. But should they look at this game tonight as their Game 7? I, I think so. I mean, again... If they lose, it's not over, and they, it's not that they can't win, but you just don't want to put yourself where you have to go to Utah and trying to win a game seven on the road. You just make it harder. And I think that uh, they've played really well on the road in the playoffs, but they need to just have a home win to make it a little easier. And obviously without a Kawhi, it's not going to be easy. But, I mean, just easier on themselves. But what a playoff run. Look at the position that they're in and think about how many people – Counted them out when they were down 0-2. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And and specifically, Paul George. I mean, I, I think the whole world was watching in that game five with Kawhi out to see if he was going to show up. All the, you know, the mocking that he has taken over the last couple of years, the playoff P stuff, and, and, and he showed up, Rob. He showed up big time for them, and, and it was it was fantastic. Um, and I gave him props, and I give him props for doing that because that was not easy because he knew the weight of, of what was going on and what he had to do in that game and what was going to happen if he didn't play well. And to say all that, Rob, he still has to finish the deal this series, doesn't he? He sure does. But you're right, though, Rodney. you got to give the man credit. Everybody was like, okay, the series is over, no Kawhi. There's no way they're going to win in Utah. And he was big in the first half. I know other guys contributed. Reggie Jackson was big. But if Rodney, he doesn't get those 22 first-half points. Remember, Utah knocked down 17 three-pointers in the first half, and, and, they, and uh, the Clippers only trailed by four or five at halftime. That's huge. He kept them in that game with his uh, play. But, yes, he's got to finish the job. This is doable, yes. Would it be much easier if Kawhi was there? Absolutely. But can they – win a game at home and get another performance out of Paul George and, and the way this team has played, yes, they can. And, and, and Ty Lue, let's just give Ty Lue some credit. I know they got to complete the job and get to the Western Conference Finals for the first time. But, boy, he's made the right moves, pushed the right buttons. And you got to – you know, I think the Clippers organization 
has to be thrilled that they made the move. You know, a lot of people didn't like it, didn't feel like Doc should have been blamed totally, but they made the move, and so far it's worked out. Hey, Rob, if, in fact, the Clippers don't, they come up short, they lose two in a row, if they don't get there, do you give them a pass now because Kawhi is hurt, or do you still have to hold them accountable and say, you've got Paul George, he's one of the best players in the game, you need to win with or without Kawhi? Yeah, I, I think that it would be unfair. I mean, just like I don't think people held LeBron uh, responsible, right, but for not being able to uplift the Lakers without uh, AD. I just think it's very hard. I, I know people would be really disappointed that they had two chances to get it done and that they and that they weren't, but he's not only a good player, he's your best player, you know, and I think that that's why – People could understand if they don't push through. But I just have a different feel about this team. And I have ever since game three when they were down 30-11 to to Dallas and looked like the season was going to be over and there were going to be massive changes to that organization. And I, I think it just feels different for me. I don't know about you guys from last year. This feels different. Yeah, no, it does. And I think you and I were on, Rob, talking about that when they were down 19, that game three was the, the yep. defining moment of them going forward. And, if, and uh, you know, from that point, I think I, I said they, they're going to go to the Western Conference Finals. Um, do you still believe that way? And if they get there, do you think that they, they can get past Phoenix? Well, they, they would all hope teams to have, are healthy. Yeah, if Kawhi's back, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a tall order. If you're telling me you're going the rest of the way without Kawhi, but if he somehow is able to get back and you know contribute and be a, uh, effective, then sure they have a shot. Because I really believe if Kawhi was healthy, that they were going to the Western Conference Finals and was going to the championship. I really I picked the Nets and Clippers before the season started, and I and I'm still sticking with that pick. I mean, obviously it ain't it's going to be tougher without a Kawhi, but I just like what the Clippers have done this year. Rob Parker with us, Fred Rogan and Rodney Pete on AM570, L.A. Sports. Uh, all right, Brooklyn and Milwaukee. And Milwaukee didn't play well last night, but they did what they had to do. Now there's a Game 7. Who do you like in Game 7, Rob? I like the Nets. I mean, they're going to be in Brooklyn. You know how games are called at home. And plus, I don't know, is Kyrie coming back? And Harden's getting better. He's not there. He's almost there. Another day or so off, I think there's a good chance that he'll be better playing at home. And, you know, our bench players, role players play better at home than they do on the road. And Milwaukee's not shooting the lights out of the ball or, no. or where you look at them and go, oh, yeah, well, you can't beat them. They, they can be beaten. So I think the Nets will win in a game seven and uh, head to the next round. Isn't it crazy with sports, Rob, how one game, one day can change the whole narrative? I mean, Giannis was left for dead. The comments that he made after the in the press conference after that, that loss that they had in Brooklyn, he comes back, he doesn't shoot any threes, he, he's in the paint, he scores 30, and, and now it, they, they force it to a game seven. I mean, a few days ago they were talking about, okay, Giannis is a liability more so than an asset, and now he they're back into a game seven. And I'm just saying, just to you know, and Kevin Durant was unstoppable, which he still is. But the, the it, just injuries and it the is. games played, it's just game to game. It is game to game, and that's really where we are because 
uh, it's a it's a each it's a narrative every day. Depending on if a, somebody plays well or if a team wins, we've seen it with the Clippers. We keep talking about it, right? After the first two games, when they lost the first two home games to the Mavericks, oh, this is terrible. They got to blow up the team, and Kawhi's going to leave, yeah. and and they need to stop building the new arena in Inglewood. You know, like that. Like it was like that. And now they're on the cusp of getting to the Western Conference Finals that you that you couldn't imagine when they lost the first two games and what the narrative was and how negative it was. And you remember all the people saying, ah, you can't blame Doc for this, right? Remember that? And now yep. look where they are. So these was things change. Yeah, I mean, everybody <laughs> I was. still am. No, that's fair. I, I mean, yeah, you know what I mean? I mean, you can't always blame the coach for everything, but, but you can give the coach credit when he makes moves. Can yes. you do that, right? Absolutely. 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 Hey, Rob, LeBron came out and said, I told you this was going to happen. See, I'm clairvoyant. I'm a prophet. Yeah, okay. I know this is going to happen. Everybody's going to get hurt because of the shortened season. The NBA thought they needed to respond, and they did. And they said the number of injuries this year are basically equal to the 2019 season. There's no more than they have seen in the past. Maybe it's star players this go-round, but uh, basically the same number of injuries. Does LeBron have a point, or does the league have a point? Well, I mean, the league can say whatever it wants. It doesn't feel that way to me that it's the same. It just seems as if it's more. Am I right? I mean, I don't know what the exact number is. And definitely bigger stars. I've never seen a playoff where so many star players have been affected. So that's the thing. And LeBron, you know, the problem is their union could have stopped it. But but they, the league said, hey, we're going to lose a – uh, you know, uh, a billion dollars or a half a million dollars or to, to a billion, I mean, a, a $500 million or a billion dollars by, by starting in January rather than at Christmas. So, you know, money wins out all the time. But uh, they probably should have taken some more time off, I think. And, uh, and uh, now we have to live with the consequences, and hopefully this, this won't happen anymore. But it has taken away, to me, some of the playoffs because you want to see the stars out there play. I mean, it's, this is going to be a championship for the team that's the healthiest, not the best. Yeah, no doubt. And yesterday, Rob, we talked about you know player empowerment, and we, we see shakeup in Dallas. We see Zion's family You're talking about him down in New Orleans. What do you make of all this with the younger players being able, trying to dictate, or it, it seems that way from the outside looking in, trying to have some sort of influence on on the coaches and the climate of the of the organization. Yeah, I, I think it's a slippery slope and it's dangerous. I, I really do. I just I, I just what does Zion's family know about the inner workings of the front office? Yeah, you know but, what I mean? Rob, like but, I, but, I Rob, think, Rob, that's not Zion's family. That's Zion. And his family said, We're not happy. No, that's Zion telling them. They, they don't know anything. Well, it's Zion. Okay. All right, so what does Zion know about the front office and the inner workings? I Nothing. Just, I just, that's what I'm saying. I just don't understand. Like, it's, it's okay, I guess, if you're a free agent and you want to move on, Rodney. I'm all about free agency and people having a right to, that, right? That's what people fought for, for free agency. And when that time comes, you have that right. But to dictate who you're hiring and who they're drafting and, who, who should be the coach and who should be the general manager. I just think there's so much to put on a, a young player to think that they know better. I just, I'm not saying that you can't ask 
hey, do you know about this guy? Or, you know, he's from your hometown. Or, you know, what have you heard about his work ethic? Asking questions of your star. But to actually be dictating what the franchise is doing, I think it's a bad precedent if teams go that route. Rob, let's shift over to football. Uh, Sean McVay was thrilled. Thrilled, given what he saw at minicamp and believes that he's got his guy in place, Matthew Stafford. All right. So Sean McVay basically said, we need to make a, a change here, a quarterback. I need somebody that can operate my system. They went and got him, Matt Stafford. Now he's pleased. Okay. If this doesn't work, if the Rams aren't better than they were, do people start looking at McVay? Absolutely. I mean, this is – he claims he has everything he wants. You know, the, the team is definitely step, taking a step back. So he, he, he pointed it out to say that it was the quarterback, and so he got his guy, and now you got to take a look at it and see where they wind up or what happened. Matthew Stafford has to get them to the Super Bowl. That, anything less than that, to me, is you got to the Super Bowl with Jared Goff. So making the playoffs with Matthew Stafford and losing does not you, – you haven't done anything. Your, your goal has to be to get to the Super Bowl because you claim that you have this great quarterback now who's going to fix all the ills that happened a year ago. We'll wait and see uh, if that comes through. I'm not buying it. I've seen Stafford's whole career. We'll wait and see. I, he just didn't beat a lot of good teams for me in his career, and you could blame the team or whatever. There were situations where he could have won games and could have played better, and he didn't. So we'll wait and see. Now that Matthew Stafford has to put up numbers in games that matter, not coming back from – 21 nothing when the defense uh, softens up on you. Yeah, well, I, I think that works in his, in his favor. You're not playing from behind. You're not going to get necessarily beat up because you've got to throw it 50 times a game and you're down 30 at halftime. Uh, so I think it, it, it works in his favor if they can keep. But I, I agree with you. This is a this is a big year. I think it's a bigger, bigger year for Matthew Stafford than it is for Sean McVay. Yeah, it's a big year for him too because everybody is so – everybody believes he's this quarterback and how good he is, which is fine. And I see the numbers in Rodney and I get it. No one's taking them away from him. But if he doesn't come in and play well, then they can't, it, it, it's no longer about the lions. You know what I mean? It's about, yeah, him. that's what I'm saying. I mean, because it's, yeah. for so long, it's been about, he's this great player in a bad organization and, and did, you know, suffer through that, put up, put up some great numbers. Now he's with a, a very good organization and a good team, it's his time. Big time. This is going to be interesting. I can't wait to see how this plays out and, uh, you know, whether or not they can get to the Super Bowl with Matthew Stafford. I, I, I'm going to say no, it doesn't happen, oh, uh, but that's just it. me. Why, Rob? I'm sorry. Why? I just don't, I, I don't see it. Yeah, but you've always, you know this, you've always but been on Matthew this, Stafford. You always have. I yeah. have because I've watched the guy play. I remember there's just so many times like where they had a home game. All they had to beat, they had to beat the Packers at home one day. And they and if they beat the Packers, I remember the end of the season, not only would they make the win the division, which they never won in Stafford's 12 or 13, 12 years there, they never won the division. They would have won the division would have had a bye in the first round and a home playoff game. That was, that was it. There was another time when they were in the playoffs against Dallas. There was a call that, they, that went the, against them, right, for the Cowboys, that went for the Cowboys. 
and Stafford got the ball back with two timeouts and two and a half minutes to go, and he went four and out. There was a mo- there was your moment. No matter was that how the, bad was that the, the game organization that they, is. they didn't call pass interference. Yeah, that was it. But they got <laughs> the ball back. They got the yeah. ball back, Rodney, with two and a half minutes and two timeouts. He's playing in right. He's from suburban Dallas. There was your moment, is what I'm saying. Like he could have rallied the Lions at that point, had an unbelievable drive, score a touchdown, win, and advance in the playoffs. And it was four and out. So I remember that. You remember too much, Rob. What about the Chargers? What about the Chargers, Rob? I I, I said this because they've kind of came to L.A. and and tried to get a foothold in the market. They've got their superstar quarterback now. But they're not playing at Dignity Health anymore. They're back at SoFi, and they're going to be compared to the Rams and the Rams crowd at that stadium. And there, there will be a lot of people that just go to SoFi for SoFi, especially early on. But the Chargers have to play well because – the comparisons uh, are uh, could not be good if they don't play well. They don't win. You know how LA is. People don't come out, and if it shows that there is a packed house for the Rams, and then it's not for the Chargers, that's a bad look for them, isn't it? No doubt. They they definitely for them winning is more imperative to be able to get people to buy in. Like if the Rams stumble and and they start the, and the Chargers you know, start to play well or something. It could, it could alter or change. Not, not, the Rams have it because the Rams are from L.A. And so people are always going to have an affinity for the Rams. Uh, my first football jersey ever in my life was a Rams jersey, number 11. It was on sale at Modell's Sporting Goods Store. That's why I bought it. <laughs> who was number, number 11? Yeah, who was it? Uh, who was number 11 for the I Rams? You, I always I thought it was Vince Ferragamo, but it wasn't. It was no, he was 15, I believe. But yeah, I, I, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't Vince Ferragamo. I thought you were going to say Deacon Jones or I had a no, Merlin Olsen a jersey or a Roman that, Gabriel that jersey, first, but you said number 11. I, I swear 11. that was my first football jersey. Rams jersey. I think that was 11. a jersey, Rob, from uh, the movie Heaven Can Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Unbelievable. Only I would buy, not mm-hmm. my favorite player's jersey, but a jersey on sale. That's, yeah. that's how I was yeah. at nine years old. Yeah. Jersey had the name of a guy that wasn't even on the team on the back. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way you were when you were then, and that's the way you are now, Rob. You'll never pass up no a bargain. Doubt. All right, Any man. chance I get to save a couple of bucks, you know it. Yeah, we know. We know. Believe me, we know. All right. Rob, thanks for coming on. Always look forward to it. You have a great weekend. All right. And Fred? No, Rob. NBC, <laughs> you later. <laughs> Never misses a chance. Never misses Never. the opportunity. Never. All right, we're back for our two-hour show to wrap it up right after this. Hogan and Rodney. Rodney Peace. An athlete. Rodney Peace. A father. Rodney Peace. An L.A. icon. Rodney Peace. And this guy. Red Rogan. AM 570, L.A. Sports. All right, just two hours for us today. Yep. Ronnie, Kevin, great job as always and great week. Yep, thank you, Fred. I will uh, be off for the next couple of weeks, Freddie. I'm uh, going on a little vacay. And, uh... Hold it down to Ford, I'm sure you will, but uh, I am signing off and see you in a couple weeks. Safe travels, have fun. Thank you. All right, we'll talk to you Monday. All right. a friend, now a ghost in the dark. Hard part about it, brother got smoked by a fiend. Turn a floss on him, blind to a broken man's dream.